Tell me hip hop, wine and music. Yo. Tell me about, know what it is. Check this out. Oh yeah, you'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip hop really mirrors the the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. First episode of Wine and Hip Hop. This is always the most awkward part. It's like you start and then you're talking and everybody's waiting for you yeah, to say I feel something. Yeah, like you're putting a lot of pressure on me right It's a lot of fucking pressure, man. Yeah. Ryan Mills Knapp, the coolest dude in the wine business, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Thank you, guys. Hands down, hands down. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the Crew Love World Headquarters. Nice um, to be here. Yeah, man, I appreciate so you coming. A little bit of some trials and travails. I know. Listen, it's Queens, man. It's like I say about Queens. If you have not been lost in Queens, you've never been to Queens. Simple as that. But you know what we do here. It's wine and hip-hop. My guest chooses a wine and or song. I choose the complementary of the two, and we try to see if they all work together. Today... What did you bring for us to drink? I brought a bottle of Cote Roti. Um, it's from a woman named Christiane Chamberon Menan, mm-hmm. uh, which is a mouthful. Um, but she's a one-woman <laughs> operation, uh, making wine from a little bit of a small parcel of land in the Rhone Valley in mm-hmm. France. Uh, so it's all Syrah. Uh, it's, like it's a little bit of age on it, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we have in our glass here. Sweet. So we're going to get into this, but I want to... I got to get you in wine and hip-hop zone. All right. So I want to learn a little bit more about RMK, the rapper. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I took the liberty of giving you a rap name, okay. RMK. Like, you, is yeah. that good? Are you good with that? Yeah, people have been calling me RMK since I was a kid. So there we go. Sure. All right. Yeah. So we're already on the right track. Yeah. So um, I, I, I talk about this with friends a lot. It's just an interesting question. It helps you get into the minds of people. Uh, if you died and came back as a rapper, dead or alive, it didn't matter, which rapper would it be? And I don't want to put any pressure on you, but this tells people what to think about you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No pressure. Yeah, I don't feel pressure. Um, no, I feel good. I think maybe Talib Kweli would be my like spirit animal rapper. Mm, you know? Interesting. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Coolest dude in the wine yeah, game. Cool. Yeah. That, that would be my guy, I think. So you listen to a lot of Talib, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, we listen to a lot of that sort of like late 90s East Coast, you know, sort of hip hop. The, what are they called? The Nappy Backpack Crew. <laughs> so you're a backpacker. Yeah, you know, sort of spent time in that crowd. <laughs> Back in the days, all the backpackers used to hang out at uh, Club Pyramid. It was like this uh, this club. They did a lot of you know. See, look, see, look at T's face. He's been to so many open mics at Club Pyramid. <laughs> Where's Club Pyramid? It's it's on the Lower East Side. Um, that's where like like a lot of slam poetry things, ton of uh, open yeah. mics. You know, if you were coming up trying to be a rapper, they hit you with the you gotta sell ten tickets and you'll perform sort yeah. of thing. Like, look at he's laughing because he knows exactly what I'm See, talking. There's about. like a lot of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. Mad, yeah. Consciousness. Mad, mad consciousness. It's like open yeah. weed smoke. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, when I was in ninth grade, you know, in my mind, I was going to be a rapper, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was just what it was going to happen. And I would cut class a lot and go rap in the hallways, and my teachers knew that. My English teacher. He was like one of those teachers you see on TV and like what's that movie with um 
uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. She had a movie. Coolio did the yeah. song. Like she had these troubled teens. Um, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Damn. But so whatever. Like Gangsters Paradise. Was Gang- the, yeah, uh, Gangsters was Paradise the was the song. Yeah, the song yeah. I don't remember the exact song, but it. He was one of those teachers you could tell he wasn't from the hood, but he was he uh, worked in a school in the hood and he really wanted to make a difference. All these kids loved rap, so he wanted to connect them with rap. He was our English teacher, and this dude took us to a, a class trip to Club Pyramid at like night. <laughs> <laughs> like people were smoking weed on the side. Dangerous minds. Dangerous minds. Yeah, that was the name of it. But like, I, it was the coolest thing in the world though, and I appreciated it. And he understood the connection between poetry and rap and he took it serious but this dude took us to a rap open mic just because he knew i liked to rap and the whole that was why i was cutting class he's like here you go here's your life yeah mr nichler mr nichler if you're around i appreciate you for that it's a good it's a good dude shout out to mr nichler um but you know i wanted you to be one of the guests on here because i knew you had an appreciation for hip-hop Sure. What type of hip hop? I mean, are you listening to much new hip hop? I haven't listened to that much new. You know, I like listen to some Kendrick Lamar and you know, listen to Jay Z and stuff like that. But I kind of lost it a little bit, you know, in like right. the kind of mid two thousands. I think mm-hmm. you know, like from two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and then kind of fell off a little bit. And so I'm a little bit out of the loop on right. hip hop, you know. As am I, my my son, right? My son's eleven. He's gonna be twelve, and he's talking to me about these rappers. He has a whole different love and it's like there's two different tiers of rap now. It's almost like there's different genres in rap. Yeah, for where sure. I call what I listen to adult contemporary hip hop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, old, and old, old folks. Hip-hop. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Like when I realized that I can recite every single Nas album and there's like people that I talk to and chill with every day that don't know all the Nas albums it's like what do you mean right. it's like you just know it you don't you know the days of the week don't you it's the same shit to me but right, right. you know things change but wine and hip hop uh this podcast is just really a easy way for me to talk about the two things I love the most and um talk about them with people that know the most about these subjects and you're someone I really respect your palate. I know a ton of your clients respect your palate. And you always come in with some funky, interesting shit. I tasted this wine, and once again, you do not disappoint. <laughs> so, <laughs> I appreciate it. But, like, so, sort of back to the wine and hip hop thing, too, you know. But I think that that's what the that's important about new hip-hop is that we're having this conversation like we're not sitting down with krs-one and talking to him about bordeaux in 1991 you know right like that you know those worlds were so far apart right right the fact that we can do that now and like talk about you know what rappers dropping what wine is a big big cultural change exactly yo jay-z's rapping about dujac yeah for sure that was like one of the best things that ever happened to me like and to dujac No, for sure. I remember, what was this? Like, um, this had to be 06. Maybe it was actually before 06. Maybe it was like 05. I don't know. I heard Jay-Z mention Petrus in a verse. Mm -hmm. And it was the craziest thing in the world to me because, you know, working in wine auction, you see very, very expensive wines. And at the same time, listening to rap, you hear rappers talk about Chris Dow and Don Perignon. Like, that's the most expensive shit in the world. But... 
very early on, I realized that there were different levels uh, that hip hop could go to. So when I heard Jay Z talking about Petrus immediately, I'm like, yo, I'm sending him an auction catalog. Right. Like, let me let you know where to get all the Petrus. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, he didn't respond. So he didn't he didn't respond. Um, but I'm glad to know that uh, his taste continued to evolve past Petrus Nights in the Burgundy. Can I ask you a question before yeah. we get into that? A of course. Bit? So do you think that um, you know, like the hip hop that we listened to a lot when we were growing up, like that was hip hop that was about where those people were from. You know, right. they're like rapping about your circumstances. Right. Like, and so they're not rapping about Petrus and Cristal. Like, did hip hop become more aspirational or did people's circumstances change? Hmm. That's a good question. I think that hip hop is and has and always will be aspirational. You know, you look at Meek Mill's Instagram and a lot of people post the private jets and shit like that because you don't see people that look like this doing that. Right. You kind of have to visualize it before it can actually happen. So I think that hip hop is um, is always going to be aspirational. So the aspirations changed? The aspirations changed. We grew. We've evolved. And right. that comes from hip hop getting older. You know, hip hop sure. is... The oldest it's ever been. <laughs> Every day. You know? Every day it gets right. a little bit older. It's as old as it's ever been. And, you know, you look at a guy like Jay-Z who's almost 50, but he's rapping his ass off, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, literally all, I mean, was he, 49? Something like that? 48? Um, but He's got to keep up with his wife. Got to keep up, yeah. you know? I can't lie though. It's it's interesting to see Jay Z being like grown man Jay Z. Like, what what do you think about the turn that Jay Z is taking? Well, you know, it's like most people when they get old and have kids, because stop being relevant. You know, so there's something to be said for his continued relevancy. You know, definitely. So that's something that's important. You know, like that he's sort of pulled off. Nobody else is 50 with a bunch of kids and still relevant. Hip-hop. It's it's unheard of. I actually think 444 was his best album. In my opinion, you know, yeah. like, I mean, damn, like the, the the lyrics are still there, but also the context, you know, Jay-Z dropped the album that he needed to drop his entire career with 444. And it was his most personal album. Right. Don't get me talking about 444 because <laughs> that would be a whole different podcast. Right. <laughs> and that's not the song I selected to match with this one, by the way. I selected a song called No Dope on Sundays okay. by a guy. <laughs> it's a great song, right? I'm, I'm off, 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 the, off the top. You hear the name No Dope on Sundays and you want to listen to it immediately. So just to give you an idea of the criteria that I go by is the same thing that you would write tasting notes based on. So color. Color to me is the name of the song. It's the first thing that you know about this wine before you actually smell or taste it. So, title of the song, No Dope on Sundays, that, you know, that hits you a certain way. Then there's the smell. And the smell is giving you an idea of what you're going to get before you actually taste it, before you actually experience it. So, I look at that as like the intro of the song, the first 30 seconds to one minute. And then you have the, the palette, the actual context, what's being said, the lyrics, the way they're being delivered, all that good shit. That's the meat. That's what you're tasting. Um, and then you have the finish. You know, it's 
the evolution? You know, do you walk away with something? What's the aftertaste? Um, what do you think about this song an hour after you after you've heard it? What's your opinion of it? So that's the way that I find the comparisons that we do on the show. But also, more important than anything else is the vibe. Where do I want to be drinking this? What do I want to be doing? The song has to fit where I want to be enjoying this wine. Because at the end of the day, it all comes down to the intangibles. You, you can't explain a vibe, but you can feel it, right? That's what I wanted to hit on with doing something like this. Because to me, tasting notes can be so useless. Oh, this tastes like salted bacon fat and tree right, right. bark and all of this shit. Like, that doesn't sound like I want to taste it. But when I drink wine, it's delicious. So I need to have some something else to compare it to that'll give me a better idea of what I like. So right now, we're going to play um, No Dope on Sundays by Saha the Prince. All right. But any other day is rain, sleet, or sunny. Nah, I ain't a street nigga, just a nigga in the street. Any other day this Sunday, I can get you what you need. I'm talking like a couple keys. Want the men come fuck with me. Pounds of kush, come hustle these. The cars we push is luxury. Oh, I heard you want the lean. Nah, that's not my cup of tea, but I can pull a few strings. Let me work my puppetry. Uh, all right, all right. That was No Dope on Sundays. I like it a lot. By Saha the yeah. Prince. Yeah. I like it a lot. Okay. Um, well, let me let you tell me what you thought about the song first. I like it a lot. I like the hook a lot, and I like <laughs> the layers. Yeah, I dig it. A lot of layers. The trouble here's the thing: like, why does one like music? Mm, you know? That's some deep shit. See, this is why I had you on the show. Like, because yeah. these are the questions that people don't ask. So, right. I mean, and you don't know. You just feel it. And that's the thing about it's why this works with wine, too. It's like, why do you like the wine? I don't know. It speaks yeah. to me. Yeah, exactly. I feel it. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like that song. Why do I like it? I don't know. I feel it. Right, you know? right. No, I mean, and <clears throat> so to me, this wine personified this song, right? So, you know, just looking at the things that I mentioned before, the, um, the color, right? The first thing I think about is the name of the song. No Dope on Sundays. There's a deep rich color is attractive it makes me want to drink it you it's, know i know there's a carotene dark too it's dark bit, yeah. exactly now that now and you know that's a great segue to the next thing it's like you know i, I it's it's a dark wine so is this gonna fit my expectations is it gonna be too tannic like i don't know right um so and that's always like kind of what i get a little afraid of when i you know, I'm drinking something that's really dark. I'm assuming it's going to be a really big wine and just have a little... T- you can be so complex that you're too complex. Right. And that's what I worry about with this sort of thing. But I didn't get that. You know, I got like fresh fruit. It was black fruit, but it was still very fresh. Um, but no dope on Sundays. It lets you know it's going to be some dark shit. You're going to be talking about some coke. You're going to be talking about some H. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, talking about you're talking about not dealing drugs in front of church. Exactly, right. and, but that's the other thing, though. Like liquor stores are closed on Sundays, if for a reason, because they got the same rules as dope dealers. Man, right. you don't sell the bullshit on Sundays. That's the Lord's day, right, right. and everyone has some respect for that at, at some point. But then, 
the smell, right? This is a very, like, a fragrant nose, but it's also very pleasant. So when that beat, and I compare the smell to the first 30 seconds to one minute of a song, and it's this is a very, like, a, a floral nose. It, it, it's, it comes out, I can, you know, I can smell it. It's, it's intense, but not too intense. So the beginning of that song was so spiritual. You had no dope on Sundays. You had some choir type shit in the back right. and it matches. Then we get into the context and this is just good fucking wine. Like at the end of the day, right. you can't describe a vibe. You can just feel it. And this is good wine. Um, it's good for a few reasons. I think that it's, it's a little bit awkward because it, it has some funkiness to it. Uh, but it's just delicious. It's, it's, it's really delicious. And the funkiness just kind of complements everything else that you get. And it, it complements those black fruits that you're tasting. For sure. Um, but it's also a little bit dense. And I can tell that over time, it's going to change and evolve. And that's one of the things that I like the most about this song is because, I mean, the song's like almost seven minutes. Right. right? <laughs> right. I thought that it was like four verses. For those of you who are still with us. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right. right? The song's like seven minutes right. and it evolves and changes over time. There's three beat changes. Right. You know, at one point, the drums just completely go out and that's Pusha T's verse. But, um, you know, you had a lot of different things going on here. Like at one point, it went into a legit just trap drums, 808 beat, 808 drums, real trap shit. And he was kind of rapping off beat for a little bit and then came on beat. And that's just genius to me. So he was off beat first and he got on beat. And to me, that kind of speaks to the um, the funkiness of this wine. It's like it's awkward, but still flows perfectly well. Um, and it's complex. There's a lot in there to unpack, and you're only going to unpack it over time. Um, and, you know, with this type of wine, it's like a, um, like a newspaper. You know, you got an old newspaper. You let that shit sit out for days. It'll be gray at first, but three years from now, it's going to be yellow because it's taking in the oxygen and it's changing. And that is what this wine is like to me. But overall... Where do I want to be enjoying this? Like, the finish. Like, what does it come down to? This is that shit, man. You just on your on your terrace at night, chilling, looking at the city lights, um, vibing, maybe having a good conversation with a friend. You don't have to be all the way dialed into this, but if you are, you're going to really enjoy it. But it's also something cool to have one in the background. Um so this 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 was the wine, man. This is no dope on Sunday. So I also sort of paired this wine with what I thought we were going to be doing here. You know, ultimately because you know, I think if we're talking about music and we're talking about wine, what we're talking about are things that are sensual. You know, that things that you feel, things that you know are deep and like like speak to your soul. Like those are the things. So, like, so the idea is to bring wine that is deep, aromatic. We can talk about a bunch of different aspects of the wine because we're talking about music that has that is deep and complex. You right. Know? Like, I'm not bringing Pinot Grigio to the hill. You know, like <laughs> we don't, you know, like drinking shit on the rocks. You know, <laughs> we like, got room for that. We will play some. Uh, 
I don't want to say an artist because then they'll be. <laughs> but I got some for that in the playlist too. Right. Like some old corny, you know, like play some vanilla ice. Nah, yeah, vanilla yeah. ice was the shit. I like yeah. vanilla ice. Okay. Stop collaborating and listen. That, that he was spitting. People don't give vanilla ice credit on that ice ice baby. But yes, I'm sorry. Continue. No, keep going. <laughs> nah, look. Vanilla Ice was spitting on Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, yeah. That 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 song felt like getting money in my pocket when I was a kid. I love that shit. Yeah, when I was twelve, we listened to that song nonstop. <laughs> see how many times? See how many times we could see the video on MTV? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, so that was the thought about the wine too. Is like trying to make it, you know, apropos to what we were talking about. You know? Right. So no, and so what now? Just explain a little bit to uh, our listeners uh, how your company works. Or what you do and how your company sure. works. Um, I started off, I was a sommelier for a really long time. Like a lot of, you know, a lot of people who are in my position. But that's a, not a job for old people, you know. <laughs> the knees. Yeah. The yeah. knees. My knees don't work yeah, yeah. so well. So what, I, what we did is, so like I sort of akin, uh, I sort of... Um, relate our company to sort of like when I was a sommelier I was a high school teacher you know I was teaching like teaching wine to people who just were learning about it the first time but what we did since then we started a wine brokerage bringing wine in for Europe and now I'm teaching graduate level classes you know I'm like we're, <laughs> we're like teaching like sommelier wines to sommeliers you know right, right. so you know basically that's what our company is now is like we're a wine brokerage for wine shops and restaurants um in a bunch of states in the United States. So. Right. So um, the way that I, I talk to people about wine is like, well, not people. When I'm talking to my, my friends uh, that are not as wine savvy about wine, I, I go back to our days growing up in the BX. And I remember back when, like, <laughs> Terrence is looking at me like, oh, shit. No, no, it's not even that. Like, when I remember when, because you know how, like, now people smoking weed, like, the uh, hydroponic type marijuana strains, that's normal. But back right. in the day, it was just all like grass, yeah, bullshit. Like, yeah. I remember when hydro came out. Like, that was, yeah. I knew, and we used to call that the stuff that everybody just smokes day to day now. We used to call that piff. Mm-hmm. And so you sell piff. You're the the high the, the upper echelon. Yeah, the e- exotic. Yeah, yeah. They also yeah. called it exotic. Some people won't give up piff. Is. So exotic is the yeah. yeah. Piff was a New York term. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether you guys have been to like Washington State or California since they legalized everything, and you like walk in and it's just like a yeah. cornucopia <laughs> at the airport. They hit yeah. just like Hawaii. They, yeah, yeah. they lay you at, in L.A. They hit you with yeah. a, a pre-roll joint. Like here you go. Yeah, yeah, and they got like a guy there in a suit being like, "So what are you?" looking for this evening and like I, mean, I was looking to get high but I didn't know that you know, I needed to make a choice so we're like the legalization of the you right, know we right. have just like the, the finest choices for you all exactly. you know? <laughs> the finest choices <laughs> yeah. yeah nah you got the exotics and sure. so how do you go about finding the wines that you're gonna be bringing in um we have we have some relationships with people in Europe. Um, I still spend a fair amount of time around the wine community, even though I'm sort of semi-retired. Um, and so 
I'm still pretty academic about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a fair amount of research. I travel all the time. Um, we drink a lot of wine, um, right. and so rough life. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that was the other reason that I started this company is that the lifestyle is nice. <laughs> um, and so we, you know, sort of searched the world for it. Um, the idea is to try to like provide people with things that they have a hard time getting. You know, yeah. Um, and we spend as much time as possible figuring out what that is. Right. Damn, that's deep, man. I mean, you know, I was joking when I said tough life, but it is. It can be kind of taxing, man. Like, you know, you don't feel like partying all the time, but when partying's your job, yeah, yeah. you know, you got to turn it on. Drinking wine for days. It's hard. On days yeah. and days. <laughs> yeah. And I was um, on a, a sourcing trip in Italy recently, and my crowd that I was there with, they hadn't done, like, one of those big tasting things, and you just drinking. Like, we had wine for breakfast. No yeah, lie. Like, literally yeah. breakfast. We didn't yeah. eat lunch. We had dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we, um, you know, I, when I was explaining this to, to my colleague, I was like, this is just like uh, if your parents caught you smoking cigarettes, and now you got to smoke the whole pack in front of me. Yep, that's 100%. That's what going to one of these big tastes. Then you like need to sad. do it again for lunch and then do it again for dinner. Exactly, yeah. and feel, and you got to like it. You you really have to love wine to do this. Um, so do you have any favorite areas that you travel to? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, I, my favorite wines in the world are French and Italian. Um, See, that's why I fucks with you, man. You got it. <laughs> <Just, yeah. laughs> um, so, that, you know, that's, you know, when we go, that's where we go. Um, then, I mean, there's other countries in Europe that I like a lot. Like, there's other good wine countries. I was in Sweden a couple of you months ago. You went to some Swedish shit. Um, I forget what. We were at some party. I think it was like a wine on wheels after party. And you had some... White Swedish wine. Swedish? It was, I think it was Swedish, but it was some weird. You brought out some crazy old looking bottles. Oh, Swiss. Swiss. Yeah. Swiss. It was Swiss. Swiss. Yeah. That's what it was. What, yeah, what, yeah. Do you remember what yeah. that was? Yeah. So that was a bottle of uh, Desley Renard 83 that yes. I had from. There's these like old Greek guys that I used to work with that bought wine for years and years and years. Uh, and they had like all this old Swiss wine. We were always like, what? What the hell is all of this? And he's like, I don't know. I'll just take some. And that was that was the <laughs> yes. first time we we're like, all right, well, right, let's do it. I'd never had any Swiss wine up yeah. to that point. It was not. It it's was like Chasselas from yeah. the early eighties. Yeah, it was good. I was very impressed. Yeah. But that was when I realized, like, you want to talk about exotics? Yeah, this is the guy that comes through with exotics. So the people in wine industry like give me shit a little bit because I don't. I'm not like a classicist, you know. I don't want to just like drink like Dujac all the time or Rumier. Like I enjoy drinking old Swiss wine, even whether it's good or not. Like I like the right. history of wine, you know. And was like, hey, you know, fuck it, let's pop it open and see how it is. And if it's great, then that's an experience, you know. Right. And if it's terrible, you know, we knew it was going to be terrible, you know. So like I, I've always been curious about it that way. I forgot that you shared that weird wine with me. It I've was that good, one a couple man. Of times. I'm telling you that it, it really stuck in my mind. Is like, okay, this dude is on some different shit. He he's in a different yeah. place with it. Yeah, we wanted experiment. I want to be experimental always, you know. Yeah. So when I when I was a sommelier and ran wine programs, the wine lists were always crazy, and the sommeliers always gave me shit. They're like, just buy some regular wine for people. Yeah. And it's like they want regular wine. Go around the corner. You know? <laughs> 
So how do you how do you get your message out? How do you? Because I look at you as an influencer, you know, because you're like someone I pay attention to. How do you get your message out uh, to to show kind of the masses that? they should be enjoying some of this Swiss wine <laughs> or different, <laughs> just different wines that they're not thinking about. Well, you know, I mean, it's like you do it like everyone does with social media, you know, and then, but I don't, I'm becoming less enamored with it. Um, it's sort of superfluous and stupid a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so what you do, I think is you kind of need to do it secondarily. You need to like get people who are influencers on board. Like I don't want to put, tons of effort into it anymore you mm-hmm. know like i don't want to like blow up a brand so much right. like i'd rather just do what we're doing right now and just like hang out with people that have a connection with people and just be like here try this right you know and if you need anybody come and talk to me you yeah know? that's the beautiful thing about i mean i i was really really fortunate and falling into a great career by luck and um you know, meeting guys like you, you get turned on to just so much shit that's not in the mass market. And, you know, people that really do scour the world to find the best wines. I mean, uh, how different is your tasting experience in Europe versus kicking around some random town in the U.S.? Well, I mean, Europe, it's so much more part of the culture, you know, and it's only now in America that it's starting to be that thing. Like the fact that we're doing this right now is a big deal because now wine is a big part of the culture. Jay-Z talks about it. Yeah, for sure. And it's not just a (laughs) bunch of old, rich white guys that are spending $10,000 on a bottle of wine. Really, with all due respect to those guys, you know, fuck them. Like, it's much more important that we're doing this. Like, this mm-hmm. is a change, and right. it's good for America. Now it's culture, you know? Now when it's in and everybody can do it, then it's culture. And that's the thing. I feel like for a long time, we drank wine in America, but we did not have an American wine culture. Yeah, you know? like yeah the appreciation was not up to the consumption. Exactly. Know? It's just like, you know, in France, you have a, there's a certain way of doing things, a certain way you enjoy things. In Italy, there's a certain way of doing things, a certain way you enjoy things. We don't have that mm-hmm. in America, you know? Well, and, in Europe, it's part of cuisine. You know, wine and food are almost the same, you know? And here, you know, we're still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you, is American culture? Right. Well, we're, we're a young country, though. Well, American culture and American cuisine is a mashup of everything. Yeah. Right. Know? And that's what makes it good. Yeah, exactly. You know? We get the best. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a bunch of people for a bunch of centuries came here, whether they were invited or not. Right. And, like, mashed all their cultures together, and then you have America. You yeah. Know? And then it gets to the only the strongest survive. So only the best food will last. All right. The music. Know? I mean, like... But then it's spread all over the world because it's the best. It's the best if you do it that way. If you take a little bit from everybody and like make a new thing of it, right? It's the ends up being unique. But you know what? I gotta keep it a hundred, man. It doesn't work everywhere. I had pizza in Jamaica. (laughs) (laughs) You don't (laughs) right? I had pizza in Jamaica once. I don't know how, but it didn't taste like pizza. Right. Jamaican pizza. It had all the same (laughs) elements. There wasn't no curry chicken on it or anything like that. It had all the same elements, but it it didn't... It wasn't executed well. Yeah, that's like a secondary mashup. (laughs) Exactly. 
Ryan, how do people find you? How do uh, how do we get some R squared so, selections? So yeah, I mean, we just our website R squared selections dot uh, com is you know we have just click on the info thing, send us your email, and we'll get you on the list. Perfect. I want to buy some wine now, man. Uh, you sold me, dude. Like <laughs> I'm your man. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, my man. Fifty grand. RMK. That's his rap name now. Ryan Mills. Nap. Wine and hip hop. We love you. Thanks, brother.